0: Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1 with Allcare Pharmacy, discover a healthcare team that's always here for you at Allcare Pharmacy, Ireland's largest community pharmacy network. Email todaycb at rte.ie a Cabinet approved a Citizens' Assembly on drug use on the 14th of February. Government says the Assembly will be asked to consider the legislative, policy and operational changes the state could make to significantly reduce the harmful impacts of illegal drugs on individuals, families, communities and wider society. Paul Reid, former CEO of the HSE, has been appointed as the independent chairperson of the Citizens' Assembly on drugs use and he joins me now. Good morning to you, Paul. Good morning, Claire. Thanks very much for joining us this morning. Now, first of all, some have raised questions about your appointment to this role, most notably the Green Party TD, Patrick Costello. He said you're too close to the HSE, you're too close to how the HSE responds to drugs uh, and how how it should be debated, how this whole issue should be debated. How do you feel about that, about being accused of being too close to the issues?
1: Well, Firstly, Claire, I'm really pleased to be asked to take up this role and be appointed to it. Um, It's something I'm very close to, something I have a lot of empathy for. I mean, I was born and reared and indeed reared my own family in Finglas West, which is an area like many areas of high social deprivation that has experienced many of the issues about how drugs are currently regulated, legislated, etc. But some of the impacts particularly on individuals, on communities uh, and society in general. I think along with that, having that empathy, uh, I certainly do bring experience from my time as CEO of Fingal County Council, working with uh, community groups who are working on the ground uh, in relation to drugs issues. Uh, and, and thirdly, obviously, my experience in the HSE uh, is relevant. But ultimately, this is not all about me. I'm chairing a process, which are 99 members uh, of the Assembly, who will get to look at my role is to bring all of the information to them regarding legislation, regalisation, decriminalisation, the language that goes on in here, the stigmatisation, uh, and ultimately recovery and prevention. So my role is to facilitate the process to bring all of the information to the Assembly and for them to make recommendations back to the Oireachtas. Mm
0: -hmm. Did you expect that criticism to come, though, when you were considering taking up the role?
1: No, look, the reality, Claire. I'm pragmatic, like everybody else. I've had a public profile, obviously, uh, through the last few years during COVID, and it's always, uh, it's always understanding that people w- will have a view. Uh, but I'd like to reassure everybody. I'm not getting into a, a spat with anybody. I just want to reassure everybody. I'm going into this role to ensure that the assembly gets the opportunity to really understand, address, discuss all of those issues that are really complex and they're not binary. Uh, we want to hear all aspects of the debate in a fair way and make recommendations from the Assembly. Oh, all right. And, and indeed, in, in yep. my role, just to make the point, in, in my role, I, I, I won't vote on any of these recommendations. My vote only comes into... Uh, play if there's a, you know, if it's a tie or if there's a draw in terms of the votes on a particular recommendation. So it's ultimately the Assembly who will drive this process. Okay.
0: And the Assembly will be made up, as you said, of 99 citizens. It's going to convene in April, is that right? Can you give us a sense of what's going to happen between now and then and then from April how it will all work?
1: Yeah, thanks. I mean, the we, we've issued twenty thousand letters that went out on the 3rd of March, and um, that's an invite out randomly selected across the country. Uh, ultimately, and just to say, up to even last Friday evening, we'd over a thousand responses. Uh, so it's going quite well. And the word anybody who has those letters in their household uh, to you know nominate somebody from the household and you know, to go in. And then, then it's a kind of uh, stratified random selection process. People are identified the ninety nine people based on age, gender. Uh, geography regionalisation just to reflect the population mix uh, we will have that done by the end of March uh, and then I'll be engaging with stakeholders uh, who are working uh, and operating in this space uh, before the end of March just to set out how the process will work but ultimately it'll be six weekends uh, over the course of between now and then, towards the end of the year the assembly will come together on a Saturday and Sunday debate and discuss the issues. so we'll be looking at a whole range of areas that I just outlined there but ultimately what's really important uh, for me and the process is that we get the real lived experiences of people getting their perspective uh, on the issues on the ground.
0: To what end? Like, what are your instructions here? What do you have to have at the end of this process?
1: Uh, well I think two things to say first of all it's very clearly set out by the Oireachtas I, I haven't designed this I haven't set it out the terms of reference have been agreed and mandated by the Oireachtas which is ultimately to see how can we reduce the harmful impacts of illicit drugs it is open for the Assembly to look at all aspects including the legislation the policy and how services are delivered in this area you know the full spectrum will be looked at you know, obviously the Kind of context is the 1977 Misuse of Drugs Act will be looked at as well. That kind of sets out some of the... um issues related to drugs and criminalisation, etc. So our ultimate objective is to make recommendations before the end of this year to the House of the Oroctus. The House of the Oroctus will then uh, assess that and assign it to a relevant committee and government ultimately then will respond to the recommendations that we have made uh, as relevant as they see it and how they are going to implement their timelines to implement as relevant.
0: Now you say as a facilitator that that's not a de- decision-making role, you're you're chairing this Citizens' assembly but you will have important decisions to make because there will be very disparate views and approaches to how drugs should be policed in society. Is it up to you to decide what the 99 citizens hear?
1: Well, it's it's a really good point what you just said there because you know I've listened to the two debates in the Houses of Deputies and um, I must say they were really good debates across all political parties about what people perceive as the issues in this space, uh, and, and I was quite encouraged by it. Uh, but ultimately, to your question, we will set out in the first meeting uh, with the Assembly members what we see as the um, each assembly meeting, what will take place at each assembly meeting. Uh, The assembly members will assess that. I'll be supported by an advisory support group, a small group of about five, six, seven people are knowledgeable in this area as well. We will shape the agenda, but ultimately the assembly members will come together and they may feel actually we need to give more time to one aspect. It might be legislation, it might be decriminalisation, it might be stigmatisation, and we'll be guided by the assembly members' feedback.
0: Now, you know criticisms of of uh, citizen's assembly processes say... This is just the government handing over a really difficult, tricky decision that they don't want to deal with to the public, getting them to adjudicate on it. And it's kicking the can down the road. Our elected representatives should be doing this without this process. What do you say to that?
1: I actually think the debate has moved on on that one, Claire. I did hear that uh, earlier on. But look, there's been a number of uh, assemblies pulled together who, which have been quite successful in terms of making rec- recommendations back to the Oireachtas. But ultimately, it's the democratic process. It's the, elect- it's the elected Oireachtas members who decide and ultimately the government. But I think the debate has moved on. If you look at some outcomes from the Assemblies around the Eighth Amendment, the marriage equality, uh, most recent ones around the directly elected Mayor for Dublin and biodiversity loss, I think it actually enhances debate. And I'm, I'm often reminded, I think back to my time with a CEO of Fingal County Council, I remember there was a reform of local government 19, in the uh, Local Government Act in 2014, and the Interesting thing about all of that was there was a lot of concern among selected members around uh, new um, structures within local government to engage the public. So public participation networks, local community development committees. Um, But ultimately, they actually proved to be really beneficial and enhance uh, the elected members and hearing and connecting with the communities in a stronger way.
0: Now you said earlier on that you know the harm that drugs can do. What's your own view on something like the decriminalisation of the, for, for possession
1: of certain drugs? Well, I'm going to be very careful as I move through this process again to make sure that, you know, my view is not what dominates the view of the, the um, Assembly members will be there. But obviously, look, I, I, I've read myself well well, well into uh, some experience of other countries, uh, what other countries are doing in relation to this. And I will want to bring that international perspective and discussion uh, to the Assembly members. There are examples around the, around the world, uh, the United States, various different states, uh, Canada. Uh, closer to home I suppose in terms of Portugal, Spain, indeed Malta Uh, administrations that have taken a different position and Portugal is the one that's often quoted. um, Drugs are not legalised in in Portugal uh, but they have been decriminalised so there are penalties uh, but they're not criminal penalties and they do look at it in a very different way. So I want to bring all of that information, you know, and there are arguments for and against Uh, in fact the most uh, recent Roxas Committee on Justice uh, looked at this and in fairness to them they presented arguments for and against. But I think the first thing we need to do to the Assembly is understand so didn't, that,
0: didn't that didn't that Iraq this committee um, on justice that you that you mentioned there? They said that possession of drugs for personal use should be decriminalised.
1: Well, they ultimately made twenty two recommendations, uh, and I suppose a common thesis of it. I've read the report. Obviously, was to move to a much stronger health led approach. Um, and recognising some of the inequalities and inequities that happen in areas of social, particularly stronger in areas of social deprivation. But they did uh, set out that it should be assessed, it should be looked at, uh, it should be assessed in terms of what's happening. And they, they did, a, I suppose, a detailed assessment of Portugal. Uh, And we will bring all of that information uh, and indeed there will be a process for other stakeholders to make make submissions into the process, I didn't cover that earlier on, but there will be a process for other stakeholders to make submissions into uh, our deliberations, certainly between the period of April and June.
0: Given that this is happening, the Citizens' Assembly, that recommendation from uh, the Oireachtas Joint Committee on Justice, do you you think, do you agree that there's a shift happening now in Ireland's overall approach to policy and legislation around drugs?
1: Well, I think like with everything else, if if we keep doing everything the way we're doing it, we will still get the same outcomes. And some of the concerning facts uh, around... Illicit drug use in Ireland, uh, you know, are that if you take all of the illicit drugs, whether it's cannabis, cannabis, ecstasy, cocaine, uh, LSD, crack, heroin, there's some concerning trends coming through and particularly most recent surveys showing that, you know, almost 5% of 15 to 34 year olds use cocaine, which uh, has used cocaine which is the highest rate, uh, in the third highest rate in the EU, I should say. You know, these are issues. And certainly there's a shift in terms of the drugs that are being used and types of drugs being used. So mm-hmm. I think these are all facts and information that we need to deliberate on. And if we keep doing things the way we're doing it, we can plan that we get the same outcomes. We want to have better outcomes, reduced harm, reduced impacts.
0: You have seen that harm and, and you've said it uh, here. You, you've seen it at first hand uh, where you grew up, how it affected, I would imagine, people in your community. How do you feel about the damage that drugs do having witnessed it?
1: I have, yeah, and I, I've seen it in, in in school. I've seen it with school friends as I was in school. I've seen it uh, through my whole life cycle, I suppose, and close to family and some of the impacts that I can have. And, you know... I, what are we talking I,
0: about here? Are we talking about heroin addiction?
1: well i think the the reality of the, and the health research board has all of the issues that are impacted it's it 's not just heroin addiction yeah. no it's i'm just i just
0: i'm just really yeah. interested to know about your own experience with with drug abuse in your circle because you mentioned it at the start that you'd seen the harm that it could do Are you referring specifically to heroin
1: no it's it's across all of the illegal drugs mm-hmm. i have seen the impacts in a community and um it is a fact, you know, that uh, communities in, in that are, have the lower socioeconomic uh, profile or, or higher social deprivation do so for more. I mean, recent studies on HRB have some of this information, you know, areas of higher social deprivation are 42% more likely to have mm-hmm. uh, issues with drugs in their area, uh, whereas the general population
0: is 19%. How, Paul, does, does your own experience, having witnessed it, how does that inform how you feel about the harm that drugs can do?
1: Well, I mean, we're all a function of our experiences uh, throughout life, and but what I will be cognizant of, you know, I, I w- it's not about me in the assembly process. It will be about the ninety-nine members, and certainly I have my own experiences of it. I do believe we can't keep doing things as they are, mm-hmm. but ultimately now the assembly will come together and assess that. And there are—it's this—is not just a health-led issue. This is issues of education, of prevention, uh, of of criminalisation, of regulation, and and there are all the issues that I want to bring a balanced approach. To. And- I have you? On. Have you ever taken drugs? I haven't. No, I. I and despite what I've seen around me, I, I never have. I. I Certainly one experience as a 15-year-old where somebody handed me a, a rolled-up cigarette and I, I think I got violently sick on the spot and uh, never smoked again or never had any inkling to do anything like that. So, okay, That no, was just never, a I've regular never
0: cigarette, just a roll-up. Just up. regular,
1: yeah, yeah just, and, and couldn't, couldn't even take it. So, no, I haven't, never did throughout my life. Um, but again, that doesn't mean I'm not close to somebody issues with it. I, I don't have a bias on it. I really do want to go into this process and learn myself, uh, facilitate a really strong process. And this is a once in a... I guess, a generational time where we can, the Assembly, bring forward recommendations for the Euroctus to consider that really can make a people to to people's lives.
0: Just before I let you go, um, the official inquiry into the state's handling of COVID is is going to be set up this year. Uh, In the Business Post former Director General Tony O'Brien was saying how playing the COVID blame game won't help us deal with the next health crisis. We need learning not recriminations. And people might know that you yourself warned against revisionism in any inquiry. Now I'm sure you'd agree that the country's approach to the pandemic is not beyond criticism and we know already on the financial side that we got things wrong. Do you think the public to get a fair and honest appraisal of how things were handled?
1: Well, firstly, I hugely welcome whatever process uh, is set out uh, for an inquiry or a and an evaluation uh, and I, I look forward to contributing to that if and when invited and I'm sure it would be. I, I think there's three important things I would say about this one, Claire. Firstly, it's really important that the process sets the context really well. Um, secondly, that we do assess also what worked really well and thirdly, uh, that we do assess what didn't work well uh, and, and strengthen it. And I was on the record very clearly to government and publicly saying, you know, the pace that we were operating, quite rightly in, two things happened for me. One, the I think we've seen the best of the public service coordinating and responding uh, and gaining the public's trust and confidence. And secondly, what I did say was that when we're working at that pace, inevitably we will get about 70% of our decisions right and there's about 30% of them we would most likely do differently again or got wrong and that's important that that all comes out through in the process and I'll be committed to that.
0: Alright Paul, we'll leave it there. Paul Reid, Chair of the Citizens Assembly on Drug Use. We'll take a break. Text
1: 51551.
0: Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.